Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello. Thanks for downloading our podcast entitled, Where Are We Going? I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement. Now, on the behalf of our ministry associates, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen in. Our podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that has been ongoing since 1993. You can learn more about us at our website, spiritwatch.org, and keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. We've come a long way since our Tennessee Valley origins back in the 90s and are grateful for all the years of support and care from so many people. Our sincerest thanks for their energy, passion, and faith in what we do to obey Christ's command to take heed that no man deceive you. You folks have been the wind under our wings that he has used to sustain our work and we are ever thankful and mindful of that. Thank you once again. Our podcast is devoted to providing biblical perspectives on the ongoing plunge of the world into the darkness of spiritual deception as foretold by Bible prophecy and the history of fallen humanity itself. We also have been providing testimony to this sad descent by bringing to our podcast the the voices of those who have faced the gentle and capable of fury and deceit projected at them by abusive movements they join with the best of intentions to find they only ended up reflecting the worst of human nature. As you see, we don't just talk about cultism. We expose it for what it is and call upon those involved to rethink their involvement with it, not just for the sake of their mental and emotional well-being, but for that of their spiritual health and integrity as well. Cultism so utterly warps heart, mind, and soul with its defiling influence that it leaves trails of bloodied victims all around while successfully covering its woven tracks. Hence the need to remember Jesus' warning to take heed that no man deceive you. And by no means is our ministry the only voice out in the wilderness warning the world about this. We're glad to be just one of the watchmen on the walls seeking to show where danger lurks by its glitzy media, youthful zeal, and smooth talk. And in today's episode, we're so happy to have Carrie Puchevich, one of those voices who are also lifted up against the Xenos the Well organization we've been focusing on the past few months. Carrie, along with Katie Heck, are the creators of the Leaving Dwell Nonprofit LLC Project, an initiative meant to help those seeking a way out of the Orwellian world of the Xenos the Well movement located in Columbus, Ohio. You see, many people in cultic movements, Xenos slash Dwell included, despite their desire to break away from them, after they've seen and come to understand all the madness within it, often find it extremely difficult to do so when they find themselves financially and socially dependent upon it for their physical and and emotional needs, as well as bound by deceptive social connections that have convinced them that that they really have no other options. An all-too-familiar question haunts them with an unspoken fear. 
Well, if no one else has the truth, where else can you go? Well, the Leaving Dwell Project is aimed at toppling that straw man in the hearts and minds of many of those trapped in the abusive warrens of that so-called church. And Carrie comes on to tell her story today, how the project came to be, and also respond to the paranoid conspiracy theory hatched by Xenos leader Dennis McCallum that she and Katie are part of a well-financed cable out to get them. Thanks for downloading another episode of our ongoing uh, Spirit Watch Ministries podcast. Where are we going? And one of our guests we have today, or well, the guest we have on today now is Carrie Puchovich. She is the CEO and director of Leaving Dwell, and I believe there's a website uh, called leavingdwell.com. Is that correct? I want to make sure I have that right. Okay. Yes. Uh, great. Uh, um, Carrie, thank you for stopping by and, and coming into our virtual studio today and joining us. I appreciate that. That's a short notice. So, um, you've been an integral part of getting, uh, this, uh, uh, website, which is an excellent website. It's uh, uh, meant to help out those who may be struggling with, uh, continuing on. In, in dwell now with all due respect there's going to be people who are going to go right sailing on through uh through life and believing dwell is is just a, a, a great cutting edge and misunderstood uh, uh, uh church uh that's doing out that's out doing god's work and that's fine mm-hmm. uh you can certainly believe as you wish and uh unfortunately uh uh we do understand it very well and, and we are part of the group that has a completely different perspective on that <laughs> uh i think you and i would both agree that it's that uh, where that well as the saying goes is not not everything that glitters is gold and uh, i believe dwell and uh, uh which uh basically is the retreaded uh brand name for the xenos christian fellowship uh dwell slash xenos are just uh of course uh the name's for the same old abusive church that it's been in Columbus for almost uh, just a little over uh, 50 years now. And um, we believe that that perspective is very important and needs to be upheld in our discussion. And, uh, Carrie, you've certainly found that out, I believe, in a, a great personal cost to yourself. And I, I really appreciate your taking the time coming by to really kind of share with us more about that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, great. So, um, tell me, uh, how did, let's, let's maybe go to the most obvious question. How did it come about? Uh, how did this, uh, this, you know, your, your development of this, uh, this, uh, website as well as the, uh, the, the billboard, which is, uh, uh, 
uh, erected in a, an extremely obvious place right there, uh, mm-hmm. right where much of, um, of, uh, uh, Zenos's, uh, ministry houses are, are located. Uh, how did this, how did that come about? I mean, this is, was this something that's been ongoing for a good while? I mean, uh, what, what how did that come about? Yeah. So it, I think it, it had been in my mind for a while the idea of a billboard and um I just for some reason that was just in my head like there should be a billboard I feel like it would kind of get the word out there um more than it already has and I just I had some the week that the first of all I I didn't know the NBC series that week was gonna be airing um so that that was really a surprise to me, and I was really happy that that had happened. Um, and it also coincided with the last week of my mom's life. So um, she, I think, you know, she died that Saturday, and then Monday was like the last airing of it. And that was um, that week was hard because my mom was afraid to die, and. Um, you know, in my mind, there were all, I had all these things where I'm just like thinking about spirituality and God and blah, blah, blah. And then the NBC4 started to air and I was just thinking like, you know, I, I don't want someone else to be sitting with their parent and to be so confused or, you know, so turned off by the Bible um, because of this church and have, you know, I I really felt like it was just like this really pivotal week, you know, for me and for what I was thinking. And after that, I just was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, try to put together something where, um, you know, we can help people who are so turned off, right, by the Bible because of Zenos. Um, so I... I put a um, message out to our group that we have online and um, within like five minutes, I, I'd had someone already funding the entire thing. So it just, it was insanity. Yeah. Like it was just like, it, it just came together that quickly. And, and who is, now, this group? is this group of, group of, uh, of former members? I think you mentioned or. It is. It's the um, group that we have that is, um, turns out we're okay. The Xenos, it's, it's on Facebook. Okay. Um, there's there's a, close to 500 of us on that. So, um, and the idea about leaving Dwell, uh, Katie and I kind of came together, right? So we both had kind of like the idea that we, you know, we want to, um, get it out there that there's some abusive practices or if you've left or if you're afraid to leave or whatever, you know, that there are people out there that, you know, have left, have had those fears and, you know, have um, found groups of people to talk to about it. And so, you know, Katie had really, I, I would attribute the the website to Katie. I would say I, I did the billboard and Katie did the website almost like, you know, because she, she's so well thought out and, um, Katie, and just a really caring person, Katie, um, heck. Okay. So, 
Mm-hmm. All right, so, so so she's really so you so there's actually uh, the two you came. Did, did you know each other while your brothers doing us, or did you meet afterwards? Or so Katie and I've been friends since probably teenagers. So I okay. um, we did go to Venus together, and we were roommates at one time. So okay, and, and we've remained friends. Okay, great. Did you both leave the same time, or I mean, did you have different stories? I'm, I'm sure everybody's story is different, of course, but I wonder if you left in the same circumstances. So no, we left at different times. I stayed longer than her, but I, her leave was really um, impactful because to me it was like we're losing a really good person here. So mm-hmm. um, it definitely it was one of those like you know nails in the coffin, but yeah. it wasn't the final nail. But it, it was you know the start of them. So right, right, okay. So, so within just a few minutes, there was so much interest in it that it it took off. It, it became kind of life of its own almost, and uh, and the people began funding it, and it came forward. And uh, so, uh, and when it when it when it launched, I understand um, somebody placed an article about that on Reddit, and within I think was it about what was it about uh, twenty four hours, forty eight hours uh, after that Reddit. Post was put up along with a picture and like they said that like over sixty thousand views or something like that. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it says something. There's 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 a lot more interest than what Xenos slash Well wanted to put into regarding that that concept, that notion that maybe leaving Dwell is something that you really can maybe should consider. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, uh, what, so what do you get into on the website? What's the what, what does the website offer? What um, what's a, what kind of content would you find? I would encourage anybody to go back there. By the way, to click in there and and and, and check out LeavingDwell dot uh, com when you can. Is that what it is? Leaving I'm I'm sorry. I'm LeavingDwell dot com. Okay, yeah, so I thought yeah. I'm having a senior yeah. moment right now. <laughs> so, okay. um, but yeah, but leavingdwell.com is it's 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 a it seems like a really great resource. What what would you recommend people to step by to check out there for? So there is a questionnaire um, that kind of goes through, you know, to kind of have you check where your experience is with Xenos. So it, it's just. It was, um, it's, you know, if you can answer this questionnaire that is on our website truthfully and honestly, um, and come away with it, come away from it saying, you know, this, this church is fine, um, you know, then, okay, but a majority of people that are coming across it or me or other people feel that, you know, the, the treatment of the church or the culture of the church checks off most of the questionnaire as mm-hmm. being a high control group. So yeah. I just feel like that to me, that's huge. Another part is just, um, there are stories on there. There are links to, um, counseling. Um, and there is a spot where you can email us. Um, I think we've had, around 75 emails and you know that's not a huge number but there's a group there are people in that church who are reaching out to us who are afraid to leave or um you know feel stuck so um can you can yeah yeah it does can you share i mean uh, i want to be sensitive to this because I, i know this is a very delicate point of discussion but can you maybe give a profile or just a general 
description of what a person in in dwell what the typical person dwell is like who's contacted you who's who's felt that way are there people who are like longtime members married have kids life i mean what 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 was a person who's in that point of position of talking to you what they like, what they appear to be like well, we've had anything from the student ministries um the college group where people are in living situations where they're afraid they don't they don't know how to move out or um yeah. feel like they yeah. would have any anybody to help um we've had older adults who have spent decades in the church who um have asked us to uh have coffee with them and um talk about their experiences and then we've had a lot of you know younger people who have friends that they work with that are in the group and they're worried about them mm-hmm. so um yeah and then you know some parents whose kids are involved have um sent us messages asking for support um because they're worried about their kids so yeah it, it's been it's been across the board. Yeah, yeah, sure has. And it's because, you know, as it is what it is, it's, it's such a completely, you know, you know, immersive experience. It's a culture. It's that, that anybody that, that, that is involved with it is, is completely, uh, absorbed by. And, and mm-hmm. it's not, and it's not in any way, shape or form, uh, gonna respect one age group or demographic whatsoever. It's gonna, it's gonna seek after whoever you can get a hearing with. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, 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 that there are people listening out of it. And there are gonna be those who, like I said, who are, who are just reading and lurking. And I mean, that's where a lot of this goes. A lot of people read, alert, and never say anything. But they, mm-hmm. but, and, but, but they are taking cues. They're, they're, they're watching, they're, they're waiting and, and, and they're biding their time in for their, and they have their own reasons behind all that. So, uh, that's mm-hmm. one thing I've learned in, in, with our spiritwatch.org website when we, when we started, uh, you know, 20 years ago, starting to do articles on Remnant Fellowship is that we, we would find a lot of traffic going to our website regarding these. That was all out of proportion with the amount of emails we were getting. Uh, is that we were, we were getting a lot of, quite a lot of emails and requests for counseling and calls and, but there's always a lot more people we saw who were, or you were absolutely original. They, they, they weren't, they weren't return visitors. They were original, uh, original, uh, site visitors who'd come and, and would just listen and read or whatever. And I think that was a good thing. Uh, that's sometimes a, a very good thing because people are, are least, in one way, shape, or form, they're getting a resource. And mm-hmm. I'm glad the, the website's doing that. So I'm, I'm so glad you guys are there doing that. So, so, so tell us, how, how did, how did you get involved in Xenos? What was, what, uh, what drew you to it? And, uh, what, where, and when did that start? So I, um, had become a Christian at, at another church and, um, there was a girl in my high school who had, gone to Xenos. Um, I don't think she would mind, but it, she, um, it, it, she went, went to my high school and then started inviting me to go to Xenos. And, you know, when I went, I was 
of course, I, I was a rebellious teen and I smoked cigarettes and I, I, I just, to see that, you know, they were smoking cigarettes and, and there was a bunch of young people. I was like, awesome. You know, so that, that was a big draw for me. Um, (laughs) It was really sad. Right. Like, uh, but, um, well, if it's the culture, right? I mean, you're sanctifying it, right? This, if, you know, to the pure, all things are pure, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. What, what year was that, uh, Carrie? Uh, ni- that was I, 1996 and 1997 were those okay. the years. So 1996 was like that first year. But okay. I also didn't – I went and then I really kind of like didn't want to go anymore. Um, I just – I, I felt a little bit weird about the church, like, and my parents, my mom did not like it. And, um, the same girl who had brought me, I mean, sometimes she'd call our house like 10 or 12 times a day. <laughs> um, because wow, she, really? she was so worried about me not coming back, but you know, there's a lot of pressure to bring new people. So, and, and, you know, <laughs> I I feel for her, but, you know, that was the start of my parents being like, this place is crazy, you know, because we didn't have cell phones back then. You just called someone's house. And, yeah. um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I remember, like, just to get her to stop calling all the time, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come, you know, so, um, and then I went, and then, um, I, someone sat me down and we had a long talk and I went on a retreat and I ended up, you know, becoming pretty involved. And I, I would say, you know, and that did help with the phone calls. They stopped being crazy like that. But I mean, you know, from there, my mom was just like, what the heck? And they had already known about the fish house and then Zenos. So, um, and immediately it kind of took, it, it took so much of my attention, you know? Yeah. yeah. What did they know? What did your parents at that point, 1996-1997, what did your parents know or, or observe about Xenos that was that was bad, that was negative? What did they know? Well, my aunt had gone when she was younger, and oh. um, she had just had a really like she she felt she felt like it was a cult just from going because it was just too like. It, it just, she, she had a, a bad experience from what she had told them. So, so my mom was, you know, thinking this place, you know, years ago was already, you know, turning my aunt off and her friends and things like that. And so, and then all of a sudden I start getting called like 12 times a day and I start going and, you know, I stop. I, I really kind of just stopped being involved in like any of the things that we used to do with like my family or, or even my nephew. And, and, you know, so it was just, I think it was weird for them, Uh but I mean, at the time I just, I didn't know. I mean, I, I wanted to go, I wanted to be around my friends. Um, it, it starts out really great. You know, you're, you're really, um, given a lot of attention and, Mm -hmm. um, Right. You know, and it's like they, the new person is like the most important person in the room mm-hmm. and they're, yes. you know, showered with love. But once as you move out of that position, it's like, okay, you're, you yeah. know, it's like, how dare you think you're yeah. important or anyone who, who needs so, any attention? I mean, yeah. while you're there, it feels really good though, doesn't it? 
It does. It does. It feels it feels good that people walk in and notice you when you walk in, and for people to come running up to you, giving you a, a coke or something like that, or or, or, or listening rapidly to you, you and you spill your guts. You know, it, 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 that feels that attention feels good, doesn't it? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It does. That's what and that's what hooked you and and got you coming yeah. back. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So you started going and you went on, on, on and did you proceed on to get and to get baptized and to join a join a, go to go to school, join a house church, or what was your what was your your path deeper into Xenos like? So I I definitely started getting um, really involved, um, and I I did move into a ministry house. Okay. Um, I did start going to, um, I was started going to Columbus State, um, and, you know, I went on a missions trip, and okay. um, I, I I got pretty involved, like, um, you know, within the first year or two. And so, now, I'm going to share this next part, and this is, this is, you know, something I, I it's taken a long time for me to, like, even articulate or, or understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this time, um, my older brother was um, accused of molesting his son. And um, during that time, um, he, he went on trial. And I think I was, like, 19 um, when all of it started happening. And um, it, it it was really traumatizing. It was traumatizing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I, I just, I, I wasn't, I was involved, but with all of that, but I wasn't like, I feel like, um, a part of me just changed through that, like the experience of it, it unless you know, or are close to somebody who's been through something like that. Um, it's hard to explain the magnitude of it. Right. Right. Um, and I, I was living in a house, a ministry house and, um, I couldn't handle living in the ministry house. And I just felt overwhelmed by like one, you know, I I was so worried because I I was worried my brother was going to kill himself because, you know, we were told if he does go to prison, He's going to be killed there, you know, there with the hierarchy. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, so in the middle of the day, um, I have my dad come and move me out of the ministry house. Um, and, and I was probably 20 at that point. Um, and I remember moving out of the ministry house and I remember, uh, someone telling me and, and you know, no, I didn't talk about this that was going on. If you were close with me, you knew that this was going on, but right. other people didn't, you know. Um, but I remember someone coming up to me and saying that, you know, Dennis had said, oh, she's not cool anymore or something. Like, um, basically, like, saying that I was, like, you know, dissing me for, for moving out of the, the ministry house. And it's just like, you didn't even know me. And, um, I feel like that was the first start of me having like a really bad reputation in that church because what people think about you and leadership, especially 
you know, the founder of the church or someone who is like an elder or anybody in leadership, what they think about you is, you know, what everybody else thinks about you of them. Because they they cast such a huge shadow. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't want to come back after that. Um, Mm. And of course, you know, I started getting the calls again over and over and eventually went back, but I didn't move back into a ministry house. I moved in with uh, some girls from the church, but that went to the house, but didn't want to consider their house a ministry house. And, and, you know, we had, we, we were criticized for that, you know, like it, it was, it, it, looking back, I just, I, I think, gosh, why did I keep going back to there? But, but anyways, so yeah. Um, so that was, that's, that was kind of my experience then for majority of going, of, of my time going to that church. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did yeah. that, so you, so Dennis, did he really know, you said you, he didn't really know you then. You, you really didn't have any direct connection with him? Or did you, you were involved with, with his fa- members of his family or any of his, any yeah, of his family at all? I was friends with his daughter, but he knew me well enough to know, to call me Kelly instead of Carrie. <laughs> so, <Okay>. you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the extent that, you know, so to hear that, just like that, that, that hurt so bad. And it's like, looking back, some man in his fifties is like determining how I feel about myself as a teenager. How creepy. If I had a child that was going through that, I would just be like, ah, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like he had the right to just automatically just 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 put you on the shelf with the with the label right out, you know, just see it right in your forehead. You know, we know exactly what you are, and then we're gonna put you right here on the shelf. Now we have you categorized. We we have yeah. we we have you spun. We have you right where we want you to be. You know, as if, like I said, as if you're a, 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 an object, a commodity, a, a can of peas. You know that was I'm yeah. that was that was preserved for the winter. You know that mm-hmm. this just seems the kind of authority that that Dennis appears to have with so many people, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so I, I have to say, well, one, my brother was acquitted, so that trial went through, and and that I I want to I want to say that because I I also think he was vindicated. Um, right. Right. But. but um, you know, it kind of brought up a lot of different things, like in my family, and I, I, I honestly feel like that almost changed my my brain. Like it was so stressful that I feel like my brain just like was rewired. You yeah. know, and maybe I'm just more sensitive to things and I can't handle them as well as other people. And um, you know, so like for the next couple of years, I just it was like I was beyond depressed. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, one, one night, um, you know, I had a, um, when I was living with the girls, I, I had a night where I really thought like, I'm, I'm not safe, you know, where mm-hmm. I, I'm not safe for myself. Yeah. And so I knew mm-hmm. that I needed to, to ask somebody to like, um, take me to some place. Like we have this place called neck care. Um, and it's, you know, it's a place where um, 
it's like a hospital, you know, for depression, basically. And so um, I knew if I didn't, I I thought if I don't have somebody take me there, because I didn't have a car at the time, I didn't trust that I would, you know, keep be alive through the night. So um, I woke my roommate up from a nap, and she took me, and I spent like the next day or two um, in this hospital. And um, when I came back, I I did feel better, you know, and I, I I learned things like I had low vitamin D, I did my iron was off, like I you know all these whatever. Um, but when I came back, you know, um, the girls that I lived with, one of the the girl that I had asked to take me, sat me down and said, you know, how dare you wake up wake me up from a nap <laughs> to take you to this hospital, you know, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they're off there trying to make your friend, they're trying to turn her against you for helping you. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. messed up. Wow. So, and I'm not saying the dentist did better or anything. I'm saying that it was just that was the response to like me having her. I mean, I mean, in my, in my mind, I'm just like, thanks, you helped save my life, you know, and you know, in her mind. It's like, how dare you wake me up from a nap to, to do that? I mean, it just, it, it just, it's kind of like, you know, their, their view of, you know, mental health at the time was just so, uh, so oblivious, you know? And, um, I remember being told, you know, basically, uh, just don't tell people about it, you know? And, um, it just felt like a really shameful thing. And now I look back at that and I'm just like, I'm so proud that I, I was brave enough to be like, I just know I won't make it, you know? Right. Um, so I, I'm just, yeah. And that's, yeah. So, 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 and after that, you know, I, I heard people, you know, call me crazy. Um, right. I, one time I had a girl who came to our our church group and said, you know, Dennis's wife, Holly, had said, she said, I'm going to hang out with Carrie. She said that to Holly. And she said, Holly said, who, the crazy girl, Carrie? You know, so it was like, and, and she had said it in front of a bunch of people. And it's like, I mean, to have that reputation. And, and I didn't even know her at the time, really. So it's just how how terrible you know of a treatment of of mental health issues so anyway yeah yeah you know you, you, when i hear accounts like that it just it just, it just makes me makes my blood boil because here we have an example of people who are supposedly knowing better okay ministry leaders uh, um, the church leader, the church, made the chief elder, or whatever you want to call Dennis at that point, whatever he was at that point, and, 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 and regardless, you have all these people who claim to be church leaders who mm-hmm. feel that it's entirely appropriate to uh, stigmatize and, and completely insult people who are struggling with deeply personal problems. And, and this is a, a, just an ongoing pattern that I've heard again and again and again. 
So mm-hmm. all the people I've talked to, all the emails we received, phone calls, things, all kinds. Of, it's just it's 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 just one of several different things that uh, this group just feels it's it's entitled to do. It's a, it has full authority to 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 castigate people, to 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 categorize them, to force them to live as they choose to. Uh, you know, and it's just it's just it's outrageous. When, when, and, and again. The outrage comes uh, not only just from how wrong that all is, but the fact that uh, you know it's it's so unfair, it's it's so uh, completely disrespectful, dehumanizing, and mm-hmm. the fact that uh, listen, I think there's a few verses in the Bible about uh, about about loving uh, your neighbor and loving each other and and bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. I think there's a few verses in the Bible about that supposedly being the ideal for the Christian mm-hmm. to strive for in caring for one another. And that just seems to be completely and and repeatedly just the opposite of what Zenos does. And, and, and I, I certainly am yeah, sorry to hear that, that you, you've been to that, but I, as I said, I know you're not alone. I'm sure you, you've heard and you know somebody who felt, who felt the same kind of, uh, of, of gentle and tender mercies that uh, Zenos mm-hmm. writes upon people uh, with that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, forgive me for, I, I, I feel like my story gets so jumbled because I, I, so much of that time, I just, it's like hard for me to remember what events happened when, like, I just feel like being in that environment is so stressful and life is already stressful enough outside of, of, you know, right of the church. But then you have these young people who are going through life circumstances who don't have other family members in the church and who don't have other people to like confide in and then you put them in these ministry houses and at times you know you put you put them with 10 or 12 girls on top of that I mean it's just it can be such a recipe for disaster yeah and then and then your your church leader is deciding your worthiness whether they realize it or not it's what's happening right like um these people are are kind of in a caste system, right? It's like uh, here's the leader, here's the oh, totally. leader, here's the yeah. house leader, you know. And it's just it's it's, well, it's, so it's like a barnyard pecking order, isn't it? Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it's like. There's 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 a there's a chief rooster at the top, and then the chief and the chief head, and then, and then they're going to be able to dish out whatever they feel they want to on uh, whoever is beneath them. And everybody joins in. It's just animal behavior. And, and the tragic thing, humans are supposed to be better than that. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 it's, and one of the things that's proven also is that and again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, I'm not by any shape or form trying to advocate that I am. But it's common knowledge if you do a little bit of reading on the subject that, that stress and, and acute stress, traumatic stress, uh, trauma itself that goes on in, in people's lives, you know, including struggles and worries, um, can certainly physically uh, impact people enough that their brains, their the, 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 the cerebral tissue actually does change. It does rewire. It does become more sensitive and, and more prone to, to, to uh, depression and struggle because of the actual physiological change that it goes through. 
and was uh, and, and living in an environment like that certainly I think explains for why so many people uh, manifested signs of of, of mental and, and personal uh, duress. I mean, you you were not alone from that, were you? No, no, and so you know, it's like I I understand that uh, you know I don't want to be like so cancel culture ish toward them, right? Like, like I, I, like you said, like I've, you know, you said that um, there are some people who are just going to stay in the church, right? And that they, it feels like it works for them. And, um, you know, I, I, you don't want to like, I don't want to pick a fight. I can't win. Right. Like, it's like, you know, right. there are going to be people who are they're they're diehards. It's, it's going to be around like, um, and so, but the thing is, is I, I guess like, you know, from my perspective, right. Is that I, I want people, I, if the church were to, um, be honest, you know, just, uh, say, hey, these circumstances are are not good for everybody. We're sorry that these circumstances happened. And, you know, instead of saying, like, hey, this girl is so disgruntled toward us, like, um, how about say, you know, we want to make these necessary changes or validate the fact that, you know, it, it wasn't the right spot for me, you know, and that these things that were said about me um, – or the way I was perceived by church members uh, was not was unfair, you know. Right. Um, and it, but instead, there is no validation about it. It just it's uh, what happens instead is that I I get further criticized. I get further, you know, um, discredited. Um, and you know. I, Dennis recently um, put a statement out in the church, and it was a statement. He actually was, you know, writing it back to something that you had written. And, you know, he names me in it, which is funny because so for so long you would call me Kelly. So, But he got my name right on this one. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he just labels me as, like, this disgruntled ex-member. And um, it's just, it's like... And standing out against them, coming out against them is you have to realize that they are going to, they are going to just flip it around and just say that it's right. your problem, not theirs. Right. You know? So. Yeah. Stay in dodging practice. I mean, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're, they're not going to admit to any, any wrongdoing whatsoever. They're not going to, they may have some, some, some blanket statement like, "Oh, well, yeah, there's a there's a kernel of truth in some part of what they say," as as if that yeah. that that candor, if they want to call it that, is supposed to just automatically, you know, uh, make what the rest of they say uh, legitimate and and uh, and uh, worthy worthy of consideration. And it really is. It's it's a dodge. It's an attempt to actually demonize those who disagree with them or who who they weigh and find wanting. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's hurtful. Um yeah. and at the same time it's just kind of like but so predictable. 
So it's just, it's like the doubling down. And um, so, yeah, that was hard. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before that, there was um, an email that was, you know, kind of leaked out that Ryan had sent. Um, so, you know, Dennis's whole thing was just that I have like a following of just a couple hundred people, which I don't, I don't even think I have a following. Um, I just happened to speak out about it and other people, um, were like, yeah, you know, it, it, I don't, it's just, there are plenty of people who are more vocal than I am, but you know, I'm one of the people that he named. Um, but if, if. First of all, if it were just a few hundred people, why did they change their name? You know, why did they have a PR rep come in and and recommend them to change their name <laughs> and then buy the domains that said, you know, dwell is a cult and, and things and so forth, you know, things like that. And then also, you know, a couple of weeks beforehand, they're saying, you know, that they've heard all these things that are happening, all these people that are gathering and they're going to get um, half people come and, and picket their events. You know, so it's just the inconsistencies of what they're saying are just, you know, fascinating me. It's so. paranoia. What that is, it's it's people who are fearful of letting it's leaders who are fearful of letting their followers uh, come to the conclusion that, that there might be some legitimate grievances out there that, that people are voicing. So they have to. Again, they have to they have to brush it back. They have to this reframe it in a way that it's that it's it's shown to be uh, uh, an act of, of desperate extremism. Uh, we have to have security guards to, to protect our church and protect our rights, as as if they were ever under any assault. It's just ridiculous. I know. I mean, it, it's just kind of funny because it's like I'm like five foot two and weigh like 115 pounds and Ryan's twice my size, maybe, maybe more, but he needs a police officer to protect him from, I mean, it's just the the audacity of it. It's just crazy to me. It's just, it's laughable. It is. But it's going to score points somewhere within well. So I I guess it's what needed to be written. And uh, really, you know, I think all the damage control was kind of put together by the same, you know, uh, uh, tenuous game plan that uh, Dennis puts out, which is to ignore it and evade it and then demonize it and criticize it and just try to show everybody how ridiculous it all is. And I, I, I really think that kind of approach is taking a, is taking a, a really very serious uh, uh, setback for them because if this is the best they can come out with, uh, I think quite a number of, of dwell people are starting to see just how how irresponsible that kind of uh, reaction really is. It's not a response. Uh, you can't call it a response. It's a reaction. It's something you, you it's something that happens when you take a, a hammer and, and smack you in the right place in the knee, and the knee will jerk. There's no, 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 there's no real, real thought to that. So, it is. It, it really is. No, no one that I know of advocates any violence, any, any picketing, any, any uh, extreme activity. No one that I know of that, that we spoke with uh, has ever done it. Everyone that I've has, has had the greatest love for the people involved that would like to see them. They recognize their own wrongdoing, but when they're too proud to do that, uh, they're really in too many other places you can go with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really is. So, so okay. So you had finally let's circle around back. You you had you were being 
uh, of course, being properly put in your place by by Dennis and and Gary and others, and because you were the, the crazy woman, simply because you needed some help. And uh, so, but you but you went back, and you were still with the, the ministry house. So, uh, is that is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so uh, what was the next step up? I mean, well, I mean, obviously, in that kind of hot seat, um, you certainly squirmed, and certainly could never have actually felt comfortable there. Uh, how did you cope with that? Uh, did it did it change? Did it get any better? What, what happened from that point on? It never got better. Um, I eventually I did get kicked out of my ministry house, so I was a leader for like a month or two, <laughs> but, um, eventually the girls had like a, a time where they all got together and decided I wasn't spiritual enough. I mean, there weren't, they couldn't point to something like specific, like it wasn't like I was, you know, I having out having sex with my boyfriend or this or that. I mean, it was like, they, they just said I wasn't growing. And then they had a, a group a time where they all met together and had me come and basically said, you know, we were voting you out of our house. Yes. So I had, I think, a week to get out. Um, so that was that was the last time I lived in a ministry house. And um, now, so when you go there, it's just, well, the night I got kicked out, I mean, I really thought my life was over, right? It's just like, because a ministry house is the precursor to so many things. It's the precursor to being in leadership is the precursor to getting married. And of course, as a woman, you know, that's your main goal is to get married, you know? So it's just like the desperation that you, you feel (laughs) is insanity. Right. So it's just like that act just took me out of so many things that I thought would the church would be able to give me, you know, Um, because if you don't live in a ministry house, then, you know, you're not really considered for anything. And, and that's, that's the truth, right? So, um, you, you'd be, I don't, I, if you went through the college group, I can guarantee no one who lives maybe in their own apartment or something is in leadership there without, you know, you have to be in a ministry house. And the only, the only valid reason to leave a ministry house is by getting married, you know? So, um, you have a lot of young marriages and then of course <laughs> a lot of young divorces. So, um, you know, the thing was, is that I didn't realize is, you know, that was, I, I should, I, I've thanked some of the girls, like, thank you for kicking me out. It was, it was one of the big, it was one of the big realizations, you know, one of the first realizations that I had that it just was like this place, something's wrong. Um, but at the same time, I didn't know anywhere else to go. So, um, I continued going. Now, now mind you, I wasn't as involved and there were times when I only went to home church just to be mean to people because I was so bitter. <laughs> and I did work through yeah. a lot of that. And, you yeah. know, I do have three brothers. So I, like, I couldn't beat them up, but I could like make fun of them or be mean to them verbally. So I know that that's like, a problem with me and I was like trying to work on you know being better with my words and whatnot but um as time went on and I lived by myself you know I started getting more and more um you know involved in stuff that was just like damaging like I started 
drinking a lot more and I was scared a lot and it was really easy for me to drink myself to sleep um, mm. because I just didn't, you know, I, I, it, it was, it's a loneliness I don't think any, I would want anyone to know, right? Mm. Like, um, and, and it just, it was, it just, it took, it took me on a bad path in that regard. Right. Mm. So, um, I would say I was in and out for like those, that last decade. Um, I was working at like bars and I was, um, you know, I got promiscuous and I had relationships outside of the church and, um, it was, you know, I would be back and forth, you know, like I'd go through a breakup and then I'd come back and then I'd be with somebody else. And, you know, so finally, like the last straw was I had gone back for like the last time. And I think I was like, what, 34. And it was like, they were just wanting me to move into a ministry house. And at that time I had been so used to living alone and so used to like all these things that I just was like, I can't do this, you know, like, um, and I also was just, I, I had so, my problems were so deep, you know, that I needed extreme help and the church was not going to be the place where I was going to get that, you know? So, um, yeah, so sad, uh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That, that should, you know, churches should be sanctuaries. They should be places mm-hmm. of refuge. They should be places of rest and restoration. Mm-hmm. And that was anything but your experience. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the, the the place sounds more, and and, and we know Xenos sounds more like, all they want to know is to get into your business, just to get into your business. There, there, there's no concern about redemption or, or yeah. being built up. As, as much as, that, that begs the question, they said you weren't growing, and then they kicked you out. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what was growth to them? What, what in, in, what in the, your ministry house leaders or the ministry house people's lives there, what would have shown growth? What would you have had to do to demonstrate you were growing in the way they wanted you to? Yeah, I, I'd ask that. And they, there was me? no answer. They never gave and, you an know, answer. No, and since then, one of the girls that was like, was the, the leader, she's left and she, Actually, she was one of the first people to apologize to me. Like, she showed up at my work one night, and she was like, I just want to say I'm sorry. Like, that whole thing was just wrong. And then, I mean, I, I've i had a lot of people apologize to me who have left. Sometimes it's hard to hear the apology because I'm like, I didn't even know that they had not liked me. So some of it's kind of like, well, okay, I didn't even know you didn't like me, but now I do. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's been a lot of people that are just like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, one of my roommates told me before she had asked me to, um, before I had moved in with her, she, someone sat her down and was like, don't live with that girl. She's, you know, crazy or whatever. And <laughs> um, oh <my laughs> so I'm just gosh. like, oh, gosh, like, I'm so sorry. And yeah, yeah like, and I, I think you're like, thanks for like not listening to that because, you know, like, Anyways, um, so, you know, there's, there's no really like, that's the problem too. And, you know, the thing is, is that I'm still having girls, even as recent as yesterday, um, tell me that they've had the exact 
exact same experience yeah. that they were told that, you know, they weren't growing and that they were kicked out of their living situation. And so, um, yeah, I don't, it's not, it's still happening. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah. it's not like what they said in response to NBC words there. They've changed things, but it's like, have you, because we're hearing the same stories come out of there. So. Yeah. Well, what do we have you believe? That there's, that there's change. They would have you believe that there's revision. Uh, it's, it's, it's to Zinoff's best interest that they persuade anybody who asks the question that, no, they, they've listened, that they're hearing, and that, and that they're the ones who are growing. They're the ones who are changing. When, when, when the, when the, when as you're making so eloquently clear that there is no change. It's just it's it's just the old shell game, you know. Like you, you see those guys on, out, out on the subway in Chicago somewhere. Some guys you know, sitting around uh, with his, his little ball. And there's several uh, uh, walnut shells just zooming them around, around and back and forth, and weaving weaving patterns around their fingers. And then you guys have a, which one? Which one of the shells has the ball under it? You know, it's yeah. it's no different. Uh, it doesn't matter. There, there hasn't been any growth, and, and, and Zenos uh, wants everyone to believe that they that they are humble, that they are growing, that they are learning. Uh, while at the same time, on the other side, about saying, "Well, there is no sin. We are pure. We are great. We are uh, we are Zenos. Uh, we are well, growing." And the thing is, is like even in you know Dennis's rebuttal, it's like he kept referring to, um, you know, their work in the inner city, like over and over again. And it's like, you know, when people are bleeding, you don't point to the people who aren't bleeding. You know, you, you, you address the people who are hurting, you know? So it's like the diversion constantly of like, well, this is all the good. This is all the good. It's just like really great. Okay. You know, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about some, you know, why don't you address the people who are saying these things about you? And there, there are so many of us, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. When we're talking about religious abuse, we're talking about women and men uh, just reduced to nothing. Is verbally pistol whipped in a ministry house discipline meeting, uh, when they're excommunicated or, or when they're ostracized or criticized, uh, when they're, when their, uh, failings are, are dissected out publicly, uh, before people to gawk at and for you to feel like, like, like the size of, of a mouse before a whole bunch of people standing around you. You know, we don't, it, it, when we talk about that, we want to talk about that. That's the subject that needs to be addressed squarely. We, I don't think anybody really cares the proverbial rat's rear end about how many, how many kids, uh, you've, you've, uh, played basketball with in the inner city or, mm-hmm. or, 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 uh, how much of a food drive you did or how many free health clinics that you performed. Uh, or, or, uh, or how large your big Bible bash was at, at the lock-in for the, for the middle schoolers. We don't yeah. care about that. That's not my concern. Yeah. Our concern is yeah. what do you do with the people who are saying they've been hurt? And then they're not just one, but there's several, and there's hundreds. What do you deal with that? And, of course, we're, we already know what they're doing with that. 
We've already seen by that. I haven't even responded, had a chance because of my own personal schedule. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and really discuss Dennis's own dissection of uh, the article I did on, on, on the Xenos being a heretical uh, activity. I haven't even done that, but but that's that's kind of the direction I'll go. I, I, I don't care to talk about A if my concern is B, okay? And, and that's what he's wanted to do. He's wanted, he's wanted to talk about A, C, and D, but not B. He, he doesn't want to talk about the things that he can't he can't defend against, and, and that's the tragic thing. And when he does, he minimizes them. He just dismisses them, which is exactly what uh, Conrad Hilario and Kate Mizell did with me and Megan Cox uh, back in December in that video we did. And uh, we're going to circle back to that again. Like I said, deal with that. But uh, so, uh, so you got out, and uh, where? So you, you, you were, you were out. You were thrust out, and you were uh, just, just so lovingly shown the, the door. And you've kind of just, kind of really, just really struggled uh, on your way back to, uh, to really find that uh, equilibrium you need in your life. So, uh, how far have you come, you think? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I definitely, it, it, being there, you know, I, I don't do things normally, first of all. Like, if I do something, it's like, oh, you know, it, it's like if I have sugar, I, it's like I'm overboard, you know? Like, and if I drink, it's one, is too many and a thousand is never enough for me. Um, so, you know, a huge part of me leaving was that I finally actually was able to kind of to deal with the fact that my drinking was out of control, you know, um, because, you know, we drink it. Sometimes I would drive like home, like blacked out after home church because we were all drinking wine and smoking cigarettes and you know it's just like I used to wake up with all these hangovers I mean it was like it took me leaving there to get healthy because I, it wasn't going to happen while I was there right right so um and I I did start going to like meetings um AA meetings which you know I I'm I've I've already been you know I think my um, anonymity was already broken when I kind of, when I spoke about that in MBC, which were, you know, that, that was a huge part of my story of me leading that final time. Right. right. Um, and so, uh, and it is ridiculous. Like I have, you know, given some, some leads like at, at meetings and it's, it's almost laughable. Like one of the first times I did, I, there was a group of men who like, for just out of prison at like a, a meeting and I was sharing like, and then I got drunk at my ministry house, you know, like I'm thinking about it. I'm just like how like trivial and small of a story this is, right? Like compared to like the big picture. But, um, you know, I, I realized like, you know, it's not just the people who are on the street corner or who are in prison who have addiction problems. It's, people like me who, you know, went to church all these years or people who are professors or people who are doctors, you know, like there are a whole slew of us. Right. And that really helped. That was kind of like the last house on the block for me. Um, and then also going to like things like Al-Anon, um, they were, they were huge helps to me, you know? And so, um, I feel like 
those two groups really saved my life. Um, and I, I met my husband. Um, I, you know, he's, he's a research professor and an endowed chair at Notre Dame. Um, he's a psychologist. So he, um, he's helped me a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, mm. we live comfortably. Um, I, I have that, the life I never thought was possible for someone like me, you know? Um, and there have been times where, you know, I, I, I believe that there is a God I I've seen, I, I don't call God him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I it, it's hard for me to say like him or, you know, I, I had, you know, some different, different views of like, of spirituality, but, yeah. okay. um, sure. but I, I feel like more than ever that God has like validated my actions and, you know, where my life mm-hmm. is right now. And I, if I didn't have that validation, I wouldn't be speaking out like this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and I'm just, oh, go ahead. I was just asking, do you, do you feel safe in saying that? I do. Good. I feel safe in saying that. Good. And um, I feel safe in saying that, you know, uh, that while I was in Xenos, I, I never got to be the person that I was meant to be on this earth. And in leaving, I, I feel like the person... God created me to be, I'm able to be more of that person every day. So, um, but I do feel like while I was there, I, I was moving backward, yeah. moving further away from the person that God had created. Right. So well, you, you're, you're being, you, I think the pressure certainly was on to make you into something that you were not, you know, mm-hmm. Everyone, and that's the whole point of a place like Xenos, you know. They want everybody molded into one image. And they want mm-hmm. everybody to walk in a certain way, and everybody dress a certain way, and everybody act a certain way. There's one uh alien standard that's alien in the sense that it's not you. It's it's not yeah. it's it's not your your own personal choice. It's not it's not it's not reflective of the gifts and the unique qualities that make you you, that make you the person you be, uh, in a place like 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 Xenos, you're, there's there's nothing but but hatred against that. It's 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 a threatening thing for a person to be an individual and to have their own thoughts, their own lives, their own choices apart from that. I mean, that's what it's all about. There, uh, that's that that's why we can safely, in my view, call it a cult. Cults do that. They want their own individual agendas to be served by by what you do and what you offer as sacrifice. They don't care about what you hold or what you give. They want only what they can take from you, only what they, what they exploit in the way they want to. Uh, the, the, that unique personal nature of who you are, it doesn't mean a thing. Uh, and, 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 and I'm 
it's sad when you consider how long Zeus has been getting away with doing this and then calling that biblical Christianity and then, and then anointing it with the, with the term, uh, uh one anothering and, and organic discipleship, you know, all the other, uh, uh, cockamamie term, terminology and verbiage that, that they want to use in describing what they do and characterizing it as cutting edge Christian faith. Well, it's anything but <laughs> anything but. I'm glad you, you, you found a piece for yourself there, uh, Carrie. That's, that's, that's vital. And, and I think so many people here struggle with that. What, what would you say to people who are listening to you right now, who are right where you've been at, at that point where you, you couldn't feel like you, you were yourself. You, you, you couldn't feel safe in your own skin. What would you say to them? What, what, what kind of, uh, of advice or insight would you want to share with them perhaps about that specific point? I'm sure that the life outside of Venus that, you know, you may be afraid of is fulfilling that if you feel like you went to this church, believing that it was the solution to your problems, but yet they've only gotten worse you're not alone, that there are real solutions outside of there, and there are those of us who have found them. Um, and, you know, I'm here, and there are other people like me who are here as well that can help. And, you know, that was the point of the website. That's, a, you know, you, you can be anonymous and write us, and some of you already have. And, um, yeah, it's it's freeing to know that their view of you is not the ultimate, you know, be all. And that, you know, they may cast, you know, someone like Dennis or the leader in your home group or whoever may cast a huge shadow in your life. But, you know, that's minimal compared to like the world around you, you know, like, there's so many things I could say. That's, <laughs> that's just, you know, but the, the important thing is, is the, um, believing you're, you're pursuing the solution and it's not at all. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, scripture teaches, and I, I have to, and I bring this up because it is, it's important. It's foundational to how I approach this. Scripture yeah. teaches that we're all made in the image of God. Yeah. You know, we're all valuable. We all matter. We all are so loved by God because of that very thing He's done in us. We are made uniquely after Him. And, and, the, and the cool thing is that we're also personal. We have our own personality. We have our own desires, our own our own way of looking at things as well. But he's made us, he's given us that kind of ability to be personal, to be unique. And it's because he it's because of that love that that, that and that desire that he that he has in putting us together to be to be alive and walk around the world. And 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 as the old saying goes, you know, uh don't be afraid to be, don't, don't be afraid to be a, a unique, you know, don't die a copy. You know, don't, don't be a, don't be a clone. Don't live a life where you're just, uh, 
trying to constantly be somebody you're really not, and, and it, it costs you so much. And, and that's, I think that's probably the, the greatest, uh, I think probably one of the greatest things you could learn. And, and I'm, and, le- and leavingdwell.com, that, that's a site that's, I think, really instrumental. I think it's going to be, it has been and it's going to be instrumental in helping people come to understand their experience, uh, from that perspective, uh, is, is so important that people, uh, can, can be themselves, that there's life outside the, the, the womb of a church. <laughs> There's a life outside that. That that is that is uh, that is fruitful. That is beautiful. And uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm so glad that you've had a chance to to actually become on and share that. And in closing, Carrie, uh, uh, what would we like to do? And, and this is entirely up to you whether you want to do so or not. But uh, uh, we like to give our our guests. An opportunity to maybe speak to maybe just for a moment to from your heart as to maybe reach out to some maybe to someone there somebody who's still in well maybe Dennis is listening I'm sure it probably is or someone else uh, that you that you might want to leave a message to you might want to speak to them directly for a moment there's something there's someone there that's still in there friends that you know that are listening is uh, uh, there something you'd like to like to say let me share in that regard. That's that's a hard one. That's a hard um, one. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I not expecting, say, you know. I'm not expecting you to say anything if you don't have you don't want to, again, but but we'd like to give you the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say you know that if you're feeling also like you're in leadership and um, that leadership position has caused you to not live out your values, you know, then it's okay to leave that as well, right? Like, um, I know some, some groups really value, um, value you, uh, maybe saying things about the people who, who you're leading, you know, or, or being, um, kind of giving out information that you shouldn't. And, uh, if, if you feel wrong about that, then don't do that. You know, like it's just, that, that's a huge thing to me, like that I keep hearing as well. It's just that people are leaving because, you know, they shared something in confidence that went around to like everybody. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's a huge one, but yeah, it is. So I, I don't know if that answered what you're saying, but that's, well, that's no, it's, it's, it's really no, I, I just, you know, one of the things that we try to do is just allowing people to kind of share from their hearts with people who they left behind. That there's maybe something you'd like to say to a friend or something, but, um, but I, I guess what a you're trying to A lot of the people I know have left, which is amazing. So that's a lot of people have, have gone and, uh, I had a lot of reconciliation. That's Things, right. You know, time heals a lot. I know we're taught while we're there that time doesn't heal wounds, but it does. You know, maybe insignificantly, you know, where you can be so far outside of that and some time has passed to where it's not this, you know, thorn in your flesh. And you can speak to those people who you were in group with or who did hurt you. And, um, you know, there there is another side that you can come out, you can come out on. So, right. Anyways. Time helps you realize how much of a system of performance you put on there, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I, do, I hate using any kind of Bible verse because they just claim to know. Right. No matter what you say, they, they're like, well, that's not from actual interpretation. It's like, right. oh, my God, it's, right. it's so exhausting. It is, <laughs> right. It, oh, God, it's so it's so arrogant. But anyways, yeah, so. Certainly understand thank that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. And thank you for everything you're doing. Like, it's super pivotal. and um, yeah. Yes. Thanks for taking your time. Well, we do appreciate you doing coming on today, uh, Terry. And, and it's and like I said, we'll we'll, we'll maybe t- check back in a little bit. Any other new things come up? But leavingdwell.com, it's a great website. A good a good jump jumping off place for somebody leaving. What they, considering leaving dwell uh, in Zenos, to, to, it gives it gives a lot of food for thought. And that's I think that's a, a, a tremendous uh, service is doing for a lot of people. Who need to hear these questions? Who need to consider these issues? And I'm, I'm thankful that that you started, and you and uh, Katie, and you guys have done, a, have done a great job, and we look forward to seeing a lot more come out of it. And once again, thanks for being here. We appreciate so much uh, your time today. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.